is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. And good afternoon on this Monday afternoon, this summery Monday. Hello, Dan. What's happening, Buzz? Well, that's what I wanted to ask you oh, when you wanted last to ask me. we spoke. <laughs> um, we had those wonderful teachers on from that exchange program done through the Institute of Training and Development in Amherst. There were 19 teachers from 19 different countries, and yeah. I think you spent some time on Saturday uh, I, with them. I right? went on Saturday. We went and uh, had dinner in Northampton, yeah, with uh, three professors. And guess where we went, Buzz? I'm, I'm not going to do any guessing. Oh, come on, Buzz. I'm only going to speak to what I know. East Side Grill. Guess Great. who told me to go there? Your friend and associate, Buzz Eisenberg. Yes, you did, Buzz. Did they like it? They loved it, actually. Yeah, they liked it. It was, uh, there was a wait. I should have done reservations. I didn't listen to you there. But uh, we, we were willing to wait the 20 minutes or so and, and uh, sat outside. Time. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. A lot and of good time. And the takeaway is always listen to Buzz Eisenberg. Is that right? Um, I'll pass on that one. Okay, oh. we'll go. <laughs> no, the food was good, Buzz. You do get credit for that. We have a really good week in front of us. We are um, here in the studio. I'll introduce our guests, a couple of uh, wonderful guests who are talking about a really important matter. And um, thereafter at 4.30, Megan Zinn and Robin Goodmark, the owner of The Roost, will be talking about how hard it's been to run a small business during the pandemic. Tomorrow, um, heroic attorney Luke Ryan will be discussing his $14 million settlement on behalf of 31,000 victims of the Commonwealth's drug lab fiascos and his efforts to have their costs covered and their records cleared. We'll be talking to him and we'll be talking with the executive director of the Academy of Music about what's going on there. On Wednesday, comedian and financial guy Charlie Epstein will be discussing a show, Yield of Dreams, which will not only be entertaining, but he says we'll be giving us all the tips we know to eventually achieve financial independence. On Thursday, Brian Adams is going to be talking with a couple of Amherst High students who are active in the Generation Ratify, the student-led abortion rights group. Um, here in studio, Bruce Nimzik will be bringing in Chris Haynes, who is the pianist for the Young at Heart Chorus, and Jeff Napolitano will be talking about the good work with a, a, a um, social justice uh, activists who he would be bringing in on Friday. So we have a good week in front of us. And today, um, I feel really fortunate to have in studio um, Attorney Meredith L. Ryan of the Law Office of Meredith L. Ryan and Attorney David Hoos of Sasson Turnbull Hoos and Ryan, both extraordinary attorneys. And just let me do a little lead-in to talk about what they're going to be uh, informing us about. Um, I think... Most listeners know that the Sixth Amendment guarantees accused in a criminal proceeding the assistance of counsel in his defense. That promise was tested in a landmark 1963 case, which many have heard of, called Gideon versus Wainwright, in which Justice Black, writing for the majority, ruled that, quote, in our system of criminal justice, any person hauled into court who is too poor to hire a lawyer cannot be assured a fair trial unless counsel is provided for him. We have in Massachusetts, we have a committee for public counsel services whose job it is to make sure that that guarantee from the Sixth Amendment, that promise of Gideon versus Wainwright, is fulfilled. CPCS does it through two different mechanisms. One is salaried employees. About 20% of the cases that are handled in criminal court in Massachusetts where people qualify for a court-appointed counsel get a salaried employee of CPCS representing him. The other 80% are through private attorneys being uh, hired on a contract basis. Um, and we have a problem in Springfield uh, and in many courts throughout the Commonwealth in fulfilling the promise of Gideon and the Sixth Amendment. I want to throw it first to you, Meredith. Can you explain for me what, and our listeners, what the problem is? Well, bottom line, the problem is that we don't have enough bar advocates to take cases. Which Time out. What's a bar advocate? A bar advocate is like you explained. We are independent contractors who receive some training from CPCS, and we are usually on a panel um, run by the county. Um, so we're basically private attorneys who take on uh, indigent defense work for an hourly rate paid for by the state. Okay. 
Why do you think that's the case that we don't have enough people doing bar advocate work? I, I think it's a com- I think like many things, it's a complicated problem, but I think the easiest answer is that it doesn't pay well enough. Um, and attorneys are expected to also pay for their own overhead, so including rent and all the supplies it takes to run a law office. Um, the bar advocate pay, I think, is going up on July 1st, but for, you know, for an attorney starting out in the district court, it would be right now it's, I think, $60 an hour, which if you're an attorney, um, that is very low pay, um, especially when you have student loans hanging over you. Now, somebody who's a layperson might think $60 an hour sounds pretty good. That they wish, and they look at their own hourly pay or their salary, that uh, that will, could be a handsome sum of money. Is it? Well, uh, we're also self-employed, so we're not we're not getting all of those great benefits um, that you get when you're an employee. Um, but we're highly trained. Um, and especially in Hamden County, uh, David, um, as president, has done such great work in making David sure... David who's, who's sitting next to you? <laughs> He's done such amazing work in creating a panel of highly trained, highly passionate people who care um, about indigent defense. So it, when you've gone through three years of law school um, and there's other possible high-paying jobs out there, it is actually... It's low for the legal market. Got it. Let me turn to you, David. Um... Well, first of all, let's start there. Is $60 an hour a low pay? Well, yeah, it is. And, uh, of course, you, you, you hit on the right uh, uh, button there, Buzz, because the average Joe who uh, works at the grocery store or whatever is going to say, wow, 60 bucks an hour, I'll take it. Well, um, 60 bucks an hour sounds like a lot of money, but um, you have to run an office with that. You have to pay a secretary if you have one. You have to pay for computers and computer services. You have to pay for legal research. You have to pay for copy machines. Uh, you have and to the pay for health insurance, life insurance. All the things, none of these things come with that $60 an hour. And I also, in my experience, a lot of people who want to do bar advocate work are younger lawyers learning the tri- trial work because they don't have a lot of clients yet. Their name recognition isn't so terrific. They take on these cases. They do a heck of a job. Right. And they're paying student loans, which are exorbitant to go through law school. That is a huge part of the problem. Uh, you know, I've been around a long time, so I have a longitudinal perspective uh, uh, on this issue, uh, generally in Hamden County. Uh, and um, I started the Hamden County Lawyers for Justice 12 years ago, And um, I can say with a great deal of confidence that the lawyers uh, like Meredith and many others who are providing services to indigent people in Hamden County are better trained, better supervised, better lawyers than ever before uh, in Hamden County. Uh, Can we stay there for a minute? Yeah. What you're saying is the general impression that you could either hire a David Hoos, a private attorney who's got a lot of experience, or you can acquiesce and and just uh, make do with a bar advocate, a private attorney who's taking these cases. What do you say about that impression that people have? Well, uh, I, I mean, first of all, it's not an option for most people. Uh, most people don't have the money to hire a, a private attorney. I mean, private att- the range of cost of a private attorney is, is extreme. Um, uh, um, you know, um, uh, so uh, some people have the option to go and hire a private attorney. But for, for most, uh, uh, there really is no uh, option. Um, they are assigned a lawyer because the Sixth Amendment guarantees them the right to counsel. So when I founded HCLJ, it was, my goal was to make the Hamden County Lawyers for Justice the best uh, law firm, criminal law firm, uh, in the state. Um, and uh, uh, we did that by doing more intensive supervision, more intensive training uh, than uh, ever before. Because justice for some is justice for nobody. Um, so... Um, we have to uh, be sure that people are getting uh, proper representation. The least amongst us are getting proper representation. And Attorney Meredith Ryan, in your experience, is it true? Are people getting good representation when they're represented by bar advocates? 
Oh, completely. We are to, to be a part of Hamden County Lawyers for Justice. We have to do. Um, we have a continuing education requirement, uh, which you know, if you hire a private lawyer, they're not. They don't have to do that. So we're getting eight to twelve hours of continuing legal education a year. Um, we're highly supervised. We have incredible supervising attorneys who look over us, make sure that we're doing the correct things in our cases. Um, our criminal defense bar and bar advocates are some of the most passionate, most creative, um, best lawyers that you can find. Um, and you you get accused of a crime, you can afford one for 150 bucks, which is a steal. That is a contribution that the defend the accused. Could you explain that, please? Sure. So that's the contribution that the, the the highest contribution that the accused would would make. If they can't afford that, that could be remitted. So they would get the legal representation for free. So they they fill out a form that says what their financial situation is. If they qualify for a court appointment attorney, a court appointed attorney, um, they could be asked to or required to pay up to one hundred and fifty dollars for that representation, or they might get it for free. Right. That's that's correct. I just want to really agree with you. In my experience, the people that do that work are indeed passionate about it. They care about it. Mm-hmm. They self-identify as people who do criminal, indigent criminal defense, and they take great pride in their work. Mm-hmm. There is good representation that's done by both bar advocates, that is, those private attorneys who take it on a, as a contractor, as Meredith said, and by public defenders who are employees of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts um, who who do it for a living. Um, we are going to take a break because what we want to know is what's the solution to this shortage of attorneys to represent people who are guaranteed the right to counsel by the Sixth Amendment and by that Gideon case we talked about earlier. We're going to be right back after a few minutes. Stay with us. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. Pie is like duct tape. It fixes everything. We must have pie, the great playwright David Mamet said. Stress cannot exist in the presence of a pie. So you go to Paul and Elizabeth's. You order a slice of pie. Or you call and order a whole pie. I'll pick it up Saturday. They make cream pies at Paul and Elizabeth's and fruit pies. Whatever's in season. Peach pie in deep summer. Apple in fall. Pie fixes everything. Therefore, Paul and Elizabeth's restaurant is a repair shop inside Thorns in downtown Northampton. Good jobs, good eats. This Thursday, June 16th from 1 to 3, free parking, free giveaways, and free treats. It's a fair, the Mass Hire Holyoke Job Fair at Heritage Park in Holyoke. This Thursday, June 16th, come meet with over 50 employers in banking, health, education, hospitality, gaming, and more, and all in the great outdoors. So bring your appetite and find your dream job at Heritage Park in Holyoke this Thursday from 1 to 3. Visit MassHireHolyoke.org for more info. Brought to you by Mass Hire Holyoke and Business Solutions. WHMP is looking for organizations that regularly distribute information about employment opportunities to job applicants or have job applicants to refer. If your organization would like to receive notification of job vacancies at our station, please notify us at Careers WHMP Radio, 15 Hampton Avenue, Northampton, Massachusetts, 01060, phone number 413-586-7400, or email jobs at whmp.com. Saga Communications is an equal opportunity employer and encourages minorities and females to apply. You know, Gordy, I was thinking, now that it's just you and me hosting the Cambridge Connection each week, we're sort of like, I don't know, one of those famous radio teams. You know who I mean. You mean like Bonnie and Clyde? We aren't that famous yet, but what we get to share every week with our listeners is expert knowledge from a community of people who are making a difference every day by helping others achieve financial independence and freedom. And that includes your day job as a rock star counselor at Cambridge Credit Council. One of the reasons I love being a part of the Cambridge Connection is that we have the opportunity to share real stories of people and organizations that make a difference across all aspects of financial wellness. And we also get to share stories of real people with real financial problems and offer possible options they can follow to turn a negative financial situation into a positive one because everyone's situation is different. So, folks, join myself, Tina Marie, and our special guests and experts each and every week right here on The Cambridge Connection on WHMP. 
The Food Bank of Western Massachusetts provides healthy food to families and individuals facing hunger in our region. And right now, with food insecurity the highest it's been in recent years, the Food Bank is distributing more emergency food than ever. Learn more about the Food Bank or get support for yourself and your family. Go to foodbankwma.org or call 413-247-9738. The Food Bank of Western Mass, committed to making sure our neighbors have enough to eat and leading the community to end hunger. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg. We are here in studio with Attorney Ryan, uh, who's uh, in Springfield most of the time, and David Hoos, who's in Northampton most of the time. And these two attorneys, uh, accomplished attorneys, are talking about the problems that we have with the shortage of attorneys to fulfill the promise of the Sixth Amendment that anyone charged with a crime um, would uh, be guaranteed a lawyer, whether they could afford it or not. So, Meredith Ryan, I wanted to ask you, are there some people, in your experience, in Hamden County who are entitled to an attorney and haven't been assigned one yet because of this shortage? I think what the issue is is the, the timing of the assignment. So you could be, um, you know, you could be arrested, um, and if there's no attorney that's qualified to take your case when you come into court the next day, you could be held overnight in jail um, for until an attorney is there to represent you. So that could end up being, I could, sometimes that ends up being a, a week or two, um, which is terrible um, when you consider that, you know, that's time lost on your attorney investigating, gathering evidence. And it's time that you spend in jail where you're away from your family, away from your maybe losing work um, and maybe losing your housing. I, I just want to put an emphasis on that. That's a deprivation of freedom of someone who is innocent until proven guilty, presumed to be innocent, they're in jail and they don't have an attorney because they don't have the money, which is exactly what the Sixth Amendment says can't be the case. Um, so I got to ask you, Meredith, what are the solutions? So, I mean, the solution is to get more bar advocates. Um, and Hannum County lawyers and CBCS, we're trying to do everything. We're trying to get uh, law students interested in doing this work um, and trying to get them so they could um, know about it and get them, you know, try and get them the education that they need um, to do the work. We're trying to ask our community to contact your legislature um, or your legislator and say, hey, um, please, you know, give us more funding or fund, um, fund CPCS at a higher rate um, so that uh, people can get the pay that they deserve for doing this work. David, in a historical uh, context, has this always been a problem that bar advocates, it's hard to get people, it's hard to get lawyers to agree to do bar advocate work? It, it has become a problem uh, in, in the last 20 years um, in Hamden County, and it's been more acute uh, in, in Hamden County. Um, and I want to circle back to something you, you hit on a little while ago, and that is the student loans. Um, Meredith is right. Uh, we need more lawyers. But to get more lawyers, we have to make this a, a, a viable option for people graduating from law school. And the $60 an hour or whatever it is that, that is being paid is just not enough. Uh, people are graduating with huge law school debt, uh, and they start doing the numbers, and they think, i got to pay for an office, i got to pay for uh, legal research, i got to pay for my benefits uh, and my student loans. The numbers just don't work here. Uh, so, um, so it all comes down to, as it always does, uh, for money. Yes, this has been a problem. I mean, I argued a case in the Supreme Judicial Court in 2005 called Lavalley versus Justices of the District Court, uh, which was, I guess, the first uh, um, council crisis because people were being held. Um, and I, I'll, I'll never forget my client in that litigation was a young man charged with a crime in Holyoke, for which he later, I think they dismissed the case. But he spent weeks uh, in jail uh, without a lawyer. Deprivation of freedom. And, and when I interviewed him, uh, out of the mouths of babes, I, 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 he, he said, I don't feel like a criminal defendant. I feel like a hostage. I'll never forget that line. Um, that's what it feels like to be held without seeing a lawyer. 
And and when I met with him weeks afterwards, he uh, he pointed out to me, he said, yeah, there are witnesses that 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 somebody should be talking to. Um, so it's really critical that we get the legislature's attention to better fund um, uh, indigent defense so that we can be a viable option for people graduating uh, from law school. I mean, nobody's looking to get rich uh, doing this work, but the work has become more and more difficult over the years. Getting around now to your initial question about historical perspective, the work is harder than ever. Um, I'm very proud of the fact that the 12 years that I've been uh, in charge, the supervision is better, the training is better, uh, the work is harder, um, but the pay hasn't. And moved the pressure up. is intense. Oh, the the pressure is 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 very intense. This is not easy work. And it's not for everyone. And and what I want to say, what I want to add. Now, granted, I'm an attorney, and so you know, this might sound self-serving. I don't think that it is. There are a lot of lawyer jokes, and a lot of people have impressions of how we're just money hungry. And I could go on, and people know what I'm talking about when I say that. But honestly, most of the people who go to law school that I've known in my life, and I've known many, they do it for all the right reasons. Yeah. They are committed constitutionalists they are patriots they want they believe deeply in fairness and that's why they go to ride a white horse and help people and when they get there and they find that money is an impediment to them being able to do fulfill their dreams you just have to be paid enough to be able to run the kind of office that both of you have talked about and um the money that's being paid right now uh does not it isn't just incentivizing it it's making it possible to do the work um, yeah. Meredith, you must know a lot of lawyers who are in that situation. I mean, yeah, it's hard to, you know, it's the office costs are, are a lot. Um, I know that there are some people that try and do this work and the, the cost of doing business is just too much. So they go and they do something else or they start doing other kinds of law, like personal injury or something that, or credit or debtor that pays the bills. Um, so we lose talented people, um, because they cannot, they can't afford to practice, um, and give uh, indigent criminal defense, uh, the zealous advocate that they need. What is the takeaway for listeners? What should they be doing to help resolve this shortage? David, uh, how about a closing from David? Yeah, well, Bruce? <laughs> well, uh, I, I mean, I think the message we want to get out today is, uh, uh, to uh, urge people who care about justice to contact their legislators, contact their state rep representatives, their state senators, and urge them to support a better funding of uh, indigent defense. And again, I, every time I have this conversation, I think there's a large segment of the public that just thinks, oh, boo-hoo, lawyers aren't making enough money. And the criminals um, aren't getting good defense. Yeah, right. And... and um, uh, you know, back in 2008, I was on a, a blue ribbon commission set up by Governor Patrick to study pay for public defenders and also assistant district attorneys. And I heard uh, countless people, public defenders, stand up and uh, tell a story something like this. I graduated from Harvard Law School. I had offers from big firms, but I really wanted to be a public defender. I've been doing it for five years. I make $49,000 a year. Um, I live with my parents. Uh, I drive a 12-year-old car. And I love this work, I, but I, I can't do it anymore. I just can't afford it. I'm becoming to do a grown-up. I have yeah. to have a real life. Yeah, and I, I, we heard person after person tell stories like that, really committed, dedicated lawyers who just said, I cannot afford to do this. At some point, I have to think about my family. Um, so, yeah, so please, uh, if you're uh, involved, for, and I know many of your listeners are people that care about justice. Um, so if you care about justice, contact your state rep, contact your state senator, and urge them to support uh, better funding of uh, the uh, Committee for Public Counsel, which is where the money gets rooted through to Hamden County Lawyers for Justice. Attorney Ryan, last word. Indigent uh, 
people deserve uh, zealous advocates, um, and those zealous advocates deserve to be able to make a living doing it. Um, and criminal defense attorneys play an important role in our community um, and in our wider society of being an important check um, on the government um, and being standing up for the rights of all of our citizens. So this isn't just uh, people who care about, you know, this is people who care about justice, but this is just people who care about their community. I think this is, an when you care about your community, you should care about this. We should, uh, you should contact your legislators to fund us. What a great place to leave it. When you care about your community, you should care about this. Please contact your legislators. Meredith Ryan, thank you so much. David Hoos, thank you so much. We're going to take a break. We're going to be back um, with Megan Zinn, and we're going to be talking about small businesses and how they got through this, how they continue to get through this pandemic right after these messages. Do stay with us. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5. The Afternoon Buzz is brought to you by Lundgren, family-run since 1964. Greenfield's largest automotive group is the place to buy your next Honda, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, or Ram. Experience it in Greenfield. For WHMP News, I'm Jess Tyler. COVID-19 cases are trending downward in Massachusetts. According to the CDC, communities in Western Mass are currently in a medium-risk category. Throughout the Commonwealth, COVID-19 cases have dropped down 31%, and the state has now issued new guidance on the use of masks and face coverings in Massachusetts. The DPH advises that effective July 1st, wearing masks indoors is optional for most people, regardless of vaccination status. The determination comes after considering the number of vaccinated residents and COVID-19 cases. The Greenfield Police Department is investigating multiple reports of hateful and graphic graffiti on both the buildings and play structures at Hillside Park, as well as homes in the area. The Greenfield Police say the graffiti is too obscene to share. They are investigating the reports and ask that anyone with information call the Greenfield Detective Bureau. Sunderland police arrested Christian Alonzo, a wanted fugitive out of New Mexico, on Friday. The arrest was made with the help of Leverett and Hadley Police Departments in a McDonald's in Hadley. After a noise complaint was initially reported at Cliffside Apartments in Sunderland, Alonzo was wanted on charges of abuse of a child and tampering with evidence that led to the death of an infant and is awaiting extradition at the Greenfield District Court. And the UMass Amherst Police are providing free child care seats to those in need. CPS certified installers are also available to inspect your car seat for recalls and to make sure it's installed properly, even if you don't need a new car seat. If you or someone you know needs a seat, contact UMPD Officer Brian Kellogg. For the rest of today, partly sunny, highs 80 to 84. Tonight, partly cloudy, overnight lows 54 to 58. And the outlook for Tuesday, mostly sunny, highs in the low to mid-80s. I'm 22 News Storm Team Meteorologist Adam Stremko on 101.5 WHMP. When it's happening here in the Valley, we're talking about it. So this is Massachusetts' way of saying we think it's an important program. We think it's important enough to continue for students and their families. And we're going to put the money up front to make sure it continues so that if the federal government does not renew it, Massachusetts will still have universal school meals. 1015, 1400, and 1240. We are the Valley. We are WHMP. A lot of mattress stores, all they talk about is price. Sale, 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 save, 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 blah, blah, blah. I get it. No one wants to pay a dollar more than you have to. But what do you really know about mattresses? Are you an expert? I'm not. And I have a furniture store. So I at least know a little. Hi, it's Robin from Talon Furniture. We mostly sell therapeutic mattresses at Talon Furniture. Not Tempur-Pedic, not trying to mislead you. Therapeutic. The best mattress value I've ever found. And believe me, I've looked around. Therapeutic mattresses are made in Brockton. I've walked the floor and it was reassuring because there's no toxicity, no off-gassing. Therapeutic mattresses are clean and made by fellow Red Sox fans. Play the sale, sale, sale game if you want. That's not for me. A therapeutic mattress from Talon Furniture is your best bet and best deal. Today, tomorrow, or whenever you decide to buy a new mattress.
When you shop at River Valley Co-op, you get the best local and organic produce, a butcher shop, wine and cheese shop, fresh seafood, and hundreds of bulk herbs, spices, and more. When you shop at River Valley Co-op, you create hundreds of union jobs and generate over $7 million in purchases from local farms and businesses. River Valley Co-op is your food hub, bringing you the best from around the valley and world while supporting your neighbors and local farmers. Shop River Valley Co-op in Northampton and East Hampton today. RiverValley.coop. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. It is Monday at 4.30. It is time for Cabin Fever Roundtable with Megan Zinn. Megan, what do we have today? Well, my guest today is Robin Wynn, who is the owner of The Roost. And uh, so we're going to talk about, you know, how a, uh, a small business like The Roost survives. Thank goodness it has so far. Um, and, um, and you know, how, that, how that's happened and what, and what Robin's experience has been as a, as a small business owner during this period. Um, so, well, Robin, just to give a little background, uh, Robin's owner of the Roost, and which is a North Cafe in Northampton, and she's part owner of Calico, which is a new restaurant in East Hampton. And we'll talk a little bit about the uh, the uh, the moxie it takes to open a restaurant <laughs> during um, pan- during a pandemic. Um, and she opened the Roost in 2011, and after having moved here in 2009 with her partner, who was a Smith faculty then, and now is a UMass faculty member. Um, so, and I'll you know I'll 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 come out and say that I'm I'm a big uh, Roost head. Not, that's not an expression. But um, be. Be, be, pre-pandemic. You roost head. Roost head. <laughs> pre-pandemic, well, pre-pandemic, the roost was like my second home, as Robin knows. You know, I'm, a, I'm a freelancer. So at some point every day when I couldn't stand being in the house anymore, I would go down to the roost and work there for an hour or so. And, you know, it's, it's been incredibly painful to watch some of my favorite restaurants and cafes close, and, and, and painful to watch the ones I don't even know very well close. Uh, I think if the roost had closed, that might have done me in. Um, so, you know, that and um, I think, you know, Galaxy were the two that are just like, please, survive. Um, and um, and if you had closed, I would have had to beg you for the coconut cake recipe. <laughs> um, but anyway, so... So, to, so I, well, I already said that you opened the roost in 2011, um, but um, what were your what were your feelings in the first couple months of the pandemic about what was happening and what was going to happen to your business? Sure, good question. <laughs> it was intense. Yeah. You know, it it was as everyone experienced, really scary. Mm-hmm. Um, we felt super vulnerable. I have this business. I'm employing all of these people, right. mostly young people. Um, and we're in this very vulnerable situation where we're in close proximity to each other. We're handling food. We really have no idea at that and time. And we didn't know, yeah, we didn't you know, really know what was what passing was safe, it. What, what was wasn't, safe. you know, exactly. And so we made a very quick decision to close, you know, temporarily. And um, that was a hard decision to mm-hmm, make, but mm-hmm. it felt like the safest right choice at the time. And it took me a couple of months, I think three to four months to figure out a plan for yeah, reopening. Yeah, yeah. And that was a really hard time. I was, mm-hmm. you know, scrambling to make sense of information as everyone was Correct. at that time. And what could it look like? And what is the landscape of the loans that are available? And what yep. do they do? Mm-hmm. And how can you spend them? And how does it work? Um, I was incredibly fortunate at that time to have sort of a team of people mm-hmm. that I was able to learn and bounce questions off of and and get a lot of information from. Um, One of whom has a small business here that's a a small business consulting firm, oh, Second Wind. Oh, that's good to know. Um, So Adam Duso is my my buddy. Mm -hmm. And and actually now our families are in a pod together. (laughs) So we're more than just buddies now. We're we're, we're super intertwined. But at the time he was offering free advice to a lot of businesses on how to sort of navigate the SBA, PPP, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. every, you know, um, three-letter It's a complicated array of options. It was a super complicated array of options. And to confuse it further, at the time, I had a business partner Mm -hmm. who had already decided that he really wanted out of restaurants and was really done with the roost. And so... We were already trying fig, trying to figure out how to decouple our business yeah. and for me to move forward. And I was working on trying to make the roost cooperatively owned mm-hmm. by the workers. Yes, I do recall that. Yeah. And we'd sort of made some progress and then the pandemic happened. Right. And so 
all of the loans and all of the funding and all of the things just kind of changed the landscape mm -hmm. so quickly. Yeah. And the best way that I can describe it is it felt like building a boat while you're in it <laughs> and essentially opening a new restaurant every six months. Yes. Because when we first opened, mm -hmm. we were only going to do um, takeout and mm -hmm. delivery, and we mm -hmm. weren't going to let customers inside, and we reconfigured the space, and we used a window for pickup, and we did that for a couple of months. Yes. And then the weather got cold, and we realized people <laughs> aren't going to come and stand outside in the rain to pick up their lunch, so we have to reconfigure again, and we can use our dining room as a pickup space, and we can hang a curtain, and customers can come in, but they don't have to interface with the workers, and we right. can separate everybody, so... You know, we, we did that kind of pivot three or four or even five times. Yeah. <laughs> and so yes. yeah. it's just been a very long haul of trying to figure out how to yeah. adapt as the information came in, how to keep everybody safe, mm -hmm. um, how to provide the food and the jobs yeah. um, on that corner, mm -hmm. you know, and, mm -hmm. and kind of just keep our keep our stronghold. This yeah. is it's so interesting. Uh, Megan and Robin, good mark. Uh, Dan will remember, I twice had a fellow by the name of Robert Luz, Bob Luz, who was the president of the Massachusetts Restaurant Association. We first had him on like in July of last year, and then I had him on like in November or something like that. And what you just described was like universally being experienced by restaurants. Yeah, yeah. And I he, believe he it. Described, you know, he said they're just struggling to continue, mm. you know, for their families, for their employees and their families, for their... Creditors, they're just struggling to not mm -hmm. go under mm -hmm. at a time mm -hmm. when yeah. Yeah. nobody was going to the restaurant. Yeah. yeah. If we didn't get every possible SBA loan, the roost would not be open right now. That's it was a series of PPPs, EIDLs, mm -hmm. and then most recently, I was very lucky to get an RRF, which is a which restaurant is? <laughs> revitalization fund, which okay. is huge, and um, not very many people got it. Um, and I was, again, Adam Dusso from Second right, Wind yes. helped me. Like, oh, I was right on that. Resource. I was watching from the Restaurant Association. I was watching tutorials on how to apply so that as soon as the application was open, I was in there. And I, and I was awarded that money. And I used that money on a renovation, yes. which is created outdoor seating so mm -hmm. that the roost can be as open air ventilated as possible on the corner in that building. Yeah. Um, and so it's not quite done. Not quite done. <laughs> but I'm, I'm getting looking forward some to giant um, in, uh, glass doors and windows installed yeah. tomorrow. Oh, that's exciting. Um, and so that is exciting. It's we're, the, the end is, is near. Mm -hmm. and, and soon enough, it will be finished and beautiful. And I'm very happy with the work. Um, Kiter Construction has done an amazing job. And when it's all said and done, the Roost will be a more open-air cafe, mm -hmm. which to me felt like the only thing I could possibly invest that money in to keep the restaurant alive moving forward yeah. into however much longer this is going to go Yeah, on. and I think that's a good um, sort of symbol to the community, at least to me as a member of the community and somebody who lives in that neighborhood, is... Um, to when I see you doing a revelation, that's a that's a sign of hope to everybody. Like, oh, they're not only doing well, but they're looking forward to the future and of ways to adapt. Mm -hmm. um, and um, you know, when I saw that, that was comforting to me. Um, and before we go to um, a commercial, just um, did you get particular help from the community in in any ways that was was meaningful um, in keeping you going? Well, in the very very beginning, a couple of like regulars and customers just donated money to us, which oh, was fabulous. not even uh, solicited. Just like I'd like to make a donation. Can I buy a gift card? That's, that's like, when you love love your community, totally. and, and when community loves a, a cafe. Totally. And yeah. again, Adam from Second Wind was offering you know free assistance and free advice to a lot of businesses, mm -hmm. and I thought that that was amazingly helpful. Um, and really, I just have found over time, I mean, Amy from the DNA oh. is just, she's I mean, person. she's like a goddess in okay. my mind. <laughs> Anytime I've had a question, I've been confused about permitting mm -hmm. or And that's whatever. the Downtown Northampton Association. Correct, yes. She's know. just been so super helpful and gets back to me in like two seconds. And if she doesn't have the information, she finds the information. She puts me in touch with the person who might have it. Um, so I do feel like if there's, if you're looking for help and you reach out, there are a lot of resources in Northampton to help small businesses. That's great. Yeah. All right. Th this is a fascinating, actually, I'm just so absorbed in this conversation because I know what it takes to just get through something like that. It just takes a lot. And obviously your dexterity is, you're a model for being dexterous and, and able to 
adapt to just really horrific circumstances. We're going to be back with Robin Goodmark and, of course, with Megan Zinn. We're going to be talking about the roost and how it continues to survive in this pandemic right after these messages. Stay with us. This is the Afternoon Fuzz with Fuzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. Are people still being harmed from marijuana convictions on their record? Join us to learn about the new Western Massachusetts endeavor to expunge their records when we speak with John Staberski, an attorney and principal with Flower Power Growers, and from Community Legal Aid, Jen Derringer, the managing attorney of the Northampton office, and Alyssa Golden, Corey and reentry attorney, and marijuana consultant Ezra Parzabon. They'll all be with us Tuesday at 9 o'clock. Bill Newman, weekdays at 9 and again at 5. Printing costs sky high, businesses spend up to 3% of revenue generating documents, and many businesses fail to budget the expense. Sound familiar? Get a handle on your printing costs with Total Print Pro from H.L. Dempsey in West Springfield. H.L. Dempsey will do an on-site analysis of your copy and print usage and come up with a customized, comprehensive solution that will simplify your world and save you money. Go to hldempsey.com to find out more. H.L. Dempsey, serving Western New England for over 50 years. H.L. Dempsey, just dependable. Lundgren Honda. Experience it. Now, it isn't just one thing. It is everything you expect when you're looking for your next car, your first car, or to repair your car. Award-winning customer service, no-hassle, negotiation-free pricing, and friendly, familiar faces you know and trust with your vehicle. Hi, it's Rob from Lundgren Honda. Summer is heating up, and we want you to be ready for those summer road trips. So we are offering a summer road trip inspection. One of our trained technicians will perform a thorough multi-point inspection of your vehicle, along with an air conditioning and performance test and front-end alignment check. This will ensure that your vehicle is safe, your AC is working to its potential, and the alignment readings are within spec. All this for $49.95. So please call, stop by, or go online to LundgrenHonda.com and make an appointment today. Consumer Satisfaction Award winners two years running. Lundgren Honda proudly provides you with an award-winning experience. See the latest selection of new and certified pre-owned cars at 409 Federal Street and LundgrenHondaOfGreenfield.com. Lundgren Honda of Greenfield. Experience it. Imposter scams are increasing as we head into summer. The Federal Trade Commission warns consumers about an increase in scammers who claim they work for Medicare. Some scams try to trick seniors into providing their Medicare number and other sensitive personal information. The Wall Street Journal reports a whistleblower claims Abbott Laboratories was told about problems at its infant formula plant a full 12 months before the FDA ordered the plant to close in February because of possible contamination. The shutdown has caused a nationwide infant formula shortage. Target has issued a recall for 120,000 Cat and Jack Unicorn Cozy Pajama Sets, because they fail to meet federal flammability standards for children's sleepwear. The products could pose a risk of burn injuries to children in some situations. No incidents or injuries have been reported. I'm Mark Huffman. Learn more at ConsumerAffairs.com. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. And we are back with Robin uh, Goodmark, and, um, uh, the owner of The Roost, talking about Keeping your business alive during yeah. the pandemic. Yeah. Megan. So as we all know, the pandemic has been um, just a one unpleasant surprise after another. But were there any good surprises? Any Anything that came out of this, um, any positives that has come out of this for you um, as a business owner? Well, I will say, having owned a business for 11 years that was open seven days a week mm-hmm. from 8 in the morning yeah, until 11 yeah. at night, there was a little bit of a... <laughs> you know, breath of relief Mm -hmm. when we could be closed, even for a minute, even for a day, like the reframing Mm -hmm. of the expectations, I Mm -hmm. think on some level was, it's, it continues to be a challenge because it's hard to dial back up from where we dial down. Right. Um, And as we were discussing during the break, like being able to staff a restaurant for that many hours and hire people and train them quickly, you can't really go from zero to 60. You know, there's a 
time period that it takes people to learn the job. And it's just been a, a I think there is a, a certain pleasant surprise to the ability to recognize that everyone needs a break mm-hmm. and even mm-hmm. a restaurant like yeah. needs a break and, yeah. a, and a restaurant yeah. owner needs a break and managers need a break, you know? So I think there is a shift in people's understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly it has felt like the community has been patient That's what, that's as good. we've like tried to reconfigure yes. and <laughs> re-refuffled yeah. our yeah. hours yeah. and, you know, just constantly tried to, adapt and adjust and pivot. And I think that overall, likely when we look back on this, we'll all kind of be able to see this sort of zoomed out, Mm -hmm. you know, forgiveness that we've given each other and a little bit more room and a little bit more space. I mean, still, you know, we have people who get COVID and then they can work for five days at minimum. And so how many people can you hire? How many people can cover? You know, we close early occasionally. Today we had to close at Mm -hmm. four. Um, there's just only so much you can do right. to, you know, to cover all the hours and the time that you want to be there. Yeah. And I imagine the pre-pandemic, you could never have imagined that you would like go, you know what, we need to scale back. We need to not be open this many hours. Exactly. That would probably be a really bad business decision. Exactly. It almost felt like that was not ever in the mix. Like, right. Like if somebody was called out sick, like, well, we just had to push through it. Yeah. Um, whereas now I think there is sort of a different understanding yep. of I think there is humanity. And I think so many of us are just so happy to have these businesses is open, that we are very happy to be patient, at least for, you know, from my point of view. Um, and so, well, also, as I mentioned at the top, you are also co-owner of a newly opened restaurant, which Correct. is Calico in East Hampton in the space that used to be Coco, mm-hmm. um, and a, a beloved restaurant. Um, and so it seems like it would take pretty steely nurse to <laughs> open a restaurant in 2022. What, what made you want to be part of this? Well, it was an exciting opportunity mm-hmm. the way that I saw it because I was such a fan of Coco and the food was delicious. It was really, in my opinion, one of the Valley's like, you know, best restaurants and it's just like a treasure. Um, and when it closed, which I completely understand right. as somebody who had to yes. make that choice yes. and, and opted, you know, to try and keep works. it going, um, you know, there was kind of like a, a outcry of how can we save it? How can we get, (laughs) you know, how can we get people together and reopen it or open it in some form? And the workers who were, had all been there uh, towards the end were eager Mm -hmm. and really just needed some funding Mm -hmm. um, and some support. Yeah. And so Adam Dusso from Second Wind, again, comes into the picture. Okay. He's my pod mate and, um, you know, helps save small businesses um, his brother-in-law is the owner of Local Burger. Aha, uh-huh, okay. And so he called up his pod wife and his brother-in-law and said, what do you think? And we were like, yes. <laughs> um, and so it's kind of a, a coming together mm-hmm. of a bunch of parties who really just wanted, the common goal would be to keep another restaurant open in the Valley, to continue to employ, you know, people who are talented and have a vision and want to be there producing delicious food. And it is a hundred percent in my best interest as a business owner and as a resident of Northampton mm-hmm. to have a plethora of delicious restaurants right. to choose yes. from Absolutely. and to have this be, continue to be a destination mm-hmm. right. for people to come to live, to visit, you know, yeah. and to be able to enjoy delicious local food. Yeah. Um, and um, do you, how has this changed you as, we may have talked touched on this a little bit. I'm, I'm speaking with Robin Wynn, the owner of The Roost and co-owner of Calico in East Hampton. Has, how has this changed you as a business owner? Well, you know, I think the perspective is, is probably the mm-hmm. thing that's shifted the most. Yeah. Um, it's forced me to zoom out and mm-hmm. really think about more long-term planning. Okay. Yeah. I think when I opened The Roost 11 years ago, 11 and a half years ago, mm-hmm. really 12 years ago, because we started the build out. Yeah. I was a lot younger then. <laughs> and I probably you didn't had have kids. I didn't have kids. And I probably had dreams of it being successful, but not short sighted, but I guess I just didn't really think beyond that. You know, it was kind of like I want to open this restaurant. And these are what this is these are the things we want to do with yeah. this restaurant. Then you kind of get to a point where those things are happening, mm-hmm. right? Now what? Well, right. What's like the next thing? And it's hard to really think about the next thing when you're in the day-to-day of running a restaurant every day. You know, there's just so much. Right, you just have to just keep pushing through. You're chugging along and you have enough little problems and little Mm -hmm, fires to put mm -hmm. out all the time that it really is hard to carve out the space to sort of dream bigger and think about the future. And I do think that the pandemic has forced people to do that in in a myriad of ways across the board and different, you know, 
formats. It's like, well, that thing we were doing doesn't work for a bunch of reasons. Right. <laughs> and so right. what, how can we think of a way that it could work? How could mm -hmm. it work better? Mm -hmm. um, how could it be a more sustainable thing? How could it be a more profitable thing? How could it be a safer thing for workers? How could it be a better job for people? Um, and so I appreciate that break mm. and that time and that sort of ability to focus on the on long, long vision. Yeah. I think picture. now what's a little challenging mm -hmm. is that the day-to-day -day is coming back. Right. Because we're getting busier and it's like, Good. but I'm still <laughs> trying to figure out the long term yeah. at the same yeah. time. The other thing I mentioned before that uh, Bob Luz was the president mm -hmm. of the Massachusetts Restaurant Association was here. Um, what he said was that a huge problem is it used to be that restaurants would try to convince people to use their discretionary income to come to my place, because my place is as good as you're going to find mm -hmm. anywhere else. But then people didn't have discretionary income during that first year and a half, especially. It was a pandemic. People not only were afraid to go to a restaurant for, because of health reasons, but people's money wasn't going as far because there wasn't as much money. That I, Are we coming out of that in your experience? Are people able to... To afford to go to restaurants? You know, it's tough. We're, we're not a, a sit-down fancy restaurant. Yeah. We're more of a cafe. So I think that our prices are pretty affordable. You know, people can pop in and grab a coffee, grab a sandwich. That I don't think that's the thing that is preventing people. I do think where we're losing money is, like you said, <laughs> staying open later, yes. selling more beer and wine, being a place that yeah. people want to come and hang out. You know, yeah. we used to be open late. We used to have events a couple times a month. Right. We used to be like a community space. Yeah. And I still hope that we will get back to that. But that goal feels pretty far So in the out. one minute we have left, I want to ask a question of you, Megan. Okay. What is it about Roost that you love so oh, much? Oh, gosh. Um, I always wrote a blog post about all the cafes and what I love about them. Um, well, the Roost is in my neighborhood, so I do like that. And it's the place where I feel... I feel very comfortable in there. I don't, I'm not even sure what it is, but it's a place where I go in and it's got great seating. I mean, I've always really liked the setup and the seating and the different places that you can settle yourself. And I feel, it almost feels like a community in there. Um, and which was heartbreaking when it wasn't there anymore. Um, and so, yeah, and you know, great food. And um, it felt, it felt like the, a neighborhood place for me because that is my neighborhood. Well, if Megan likes it, I would like it. <laughs> you must go. You guys would like it. It's called The Roost. Its owner is Robin Goodmark and also Calico in East Hampton. I love Coco. I love Umi and Roger's food. And I'm sure that their uh, former employees that are still there are still making a good kind of food. And now we have new ownership there. It's great. Calico in East Hampton. Thank you so much for existing. <laughs> yes. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for and having still me. still existing. Thank you. I appreciate it. We have a uh, wonderful lineup for the rest of the week, but especially interesting tomorrow will be Luke Ryan talking about his $14 million settlement with the Commonwealth of Massachusetts for those 31,000 defendants who basically were wrongfully convicted because of the scandals in the drug labs. We'll be talking with Luke Ryan tomorrow. Join us then. In the meantime, have a great night. Go Celtics. Grow Food Northampton helps you make the local food system better. This is Michael Skillicorn, Director of Programs. You can join us by shopping at Northampton Tuesday Market, getting a plot at our community garden in Florence, buying a farm share at Crimson and Clover or Sawmill Herb Farm. You can volunteer with us in our giving garden or participate in our neighborhood markets that bring the local food movement. The only live and local talk in the Valley and for the Valley. WHMP Northampton, WHMQ Greenfield, a Northampton radio group station. It's 5 o'clock.